Welcome to Married by Design. Do you see your relationship improving over time? Do you feel like you're making the necessary changes to create a sweeter intimacy, or do you feel hopelessly locked in the same recurring bad habits that leave you disappointed and frustrated? That's what we're going to be looking at on this episode of Married by Design. The purpose of the Married by Design podcast is to encourage couples to enjoy all that God desires for them in their marriage relationship. Welcome back to our show. We've been looking at the practice of resolving conflict. So many times in marriage, there are repeated arguments and frustrations that begin to characterize the whole relationship. It's important to learn how to biblically work through these issues and actually move forward in your relationship. You really don't have to face the same issues over and over again and put up with these things in your relationship. There is a better way. That's right, and God gives it to us clearly in His Word. All we have to do is really follow it. So we've looked at the concept of cooling down and putting the emotion aside, We've talked about looking at our faults and sins first, confessing those things, and asking forgiveness of God and our spouse. We've talked about the need for forgiving. It's essential for these things to take place before we move on to the concept of repentance. It only makes sense that we would not be operating on emotions and recognize our own sins if we ever want to really change the relationship and change the way that we handle things. We look before at the idea that there is no true repentance without true confession. In this episode, we're going to look at the idea of repentance and what it means and how practical and relevant it is in our marriage. First of all, let's define repentance. Repentance is a turning around in our thinking, in our hearts, and in practice. There is often frustration in rocky relationships because there's no real change. This is the point where the rubber meets the road in having your marriage relationship go in a new and better direction. It's recognizing the things that you are doing wrong and deciding that you need to do things differently to see your relationship grow for the better. Repentance has the idea of a U-turn, just like when you're driving, when you're going in one direction and realize that it's the wrong direction. You must decide to stop and turn around and go in another direction. That's right. Um, I want to look at an example that hopefully will help you to understand this idea of repentance. Picture yourself standing in front of an electrical outlet and you decide to put your finger in the outlet. I don't recommend this. But if you did, you would get an immediate and painful shock and it would hurt. If I suggested to you that you would then go back and do the same thing over and over again, it would seem to you to be very ridiculous. Why would you do that? But that's what we do in our marriage relationship. We make choices about how we treat and talk to our spouse that end up being very painful and damaging to the relationship. And we do it again and again. It's just like putting your finger back in an electrical socket. If you really understand the damage that you're inflicting on the relationship, you should realize the things that you need to give up and change. You have to get to the point where you're willing to change. Hippocrates said, before you heal someone, ask him if he's willing to give up the things that make him sick. 
That's the question. Are you willing to give up the things that are making you sick and your relationship unhealthy? Which brings us back to repentance and asking ourselves, why should I repent and what does it have to do with my marriage? Repentance has everything to do with your relationship with your spouse. You can confess and ask forgiveness all you want, but unless the change you, you, you change the way you interact with your spouse, nothing will improve. You will continue in the same cycle of hurt and conflict that you're wanting to get out of. We also need to realize that marriage is one tool that the Lord uses to make us more like Jesus. He uses your marriage as part of His method of transforming you. We need to stop looking at issues in our marriages and relationships as annoyances to be gotten rid of and realize that they are the very tools that God is lovingly using to sanctify and refine us. They are not an inconvenience, but part of His plan to transform you. Another reason we should repent is that we are commanded to repent. God expects us to. We know this from Scripture, and you can look up uh, some of these verses, Mark 6, 12, Matthew 4, 7, Acts 3, 9, Luke 13, 3, and Luke 24, 47. And because we're commanded to repent, we are disobedient if we do not, and disobedience always hinders our relationship with the Lord. If we want to be growing spiritually and drawing closer to God, we need to repent of all sins as we become aware of them. That's right, Jan, and, and some of those verses that you talk about talk about repentance with salvation. That is that we know before we are a believer that we were in sin, and we realize that we don't want to live in that sin anymore. We want to change. And it's only through turning and coming to Christ and having Him forgive us and give to make us a new heart that we uh, become, can become children of God and really start to change in our lives. Now, I want to look at an example in the Bible of real repentance for a Christian. Paul looks at the idea of repentance in 2 Corinthians 7, 9 to 13. Here's what Paul writes. He writes, As it is, I rejoice not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting. For you felt a godly grief, so that you suffered no loss through us. For godly grief produces repentance that leads to salvation without regret. Whereas worldly grief produces death. For see what earnestness this godly grief has produced to you, but also what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal. In this passage, I just want to point out a couple of things. The first one is that Paul indicates that there should be grief about the things that we've done wrong, our sins, which will lead us to repentance. Also that Paul contrasts worldly grief to a godly grief. We can experience some grief as a result of getting caught or being forced into doing something that we're really not convinced that we should do. That kind of temporary change does not lead to real repentance, but leads to death, separation, and damage in the relationship. He then points out that godly sorrow leads to a zeal and earnestness to do what is right. That's the U-turn. That brokenness over our sin compels us to desire to and actually change and leads us to long-term change. Their repentance led to real change in their thinking, their attitudes, and their actions. Well, now it's time for our 15-second shameless plug. 
In each of these episodes, we have referenced the Bible. This God-inspired, powerful, encouraging, and redeeming book shapes our hearts and changes our thinking in dramatic ways and allows us to really enjoy the marriage that God intends us to have. You need to make sure that you are spending time reading, studying, pondering, and practicing the treasures that are in the Bible. There's a verse in Jeremiah that says, Your words were found and I ate them, and they became a joy to me and the delight of my heart. The Bible is our source for knowing what sin is and seeing the way that we are to repent so that we grow into the partner that God wants us to be for our spouse. So, what do we specifically do when we repent? First, we're seeing the effects of our sin. We confess, agreeing with God that what we've done is terribly wrong and hurtful to our spouse. You will never truly repent and change if you don't see that. Action flows naturally out of that conviction of sin and wrongdoing. If we're really broken over it, we will think, study, and plan how we're going to prevent it from happening again. This is what you have to do. You have to make a plan. It's not a plan that somebody imposed on you or guilted on you. It's a plan that you are highly motivated to follow through on because you are fully convinced of your sin and the damage it is doing to your marriage. And this is really the key to change. In the example of putting your finger into the electrical socket, once you've committed to not do it anymore, you may put a plan into practice. It may include putting little plastic covers on the plugs. You may have to wear rubber gloves if it's really a problem. Okay, that sounds ridiculous, but it's merely to point out that you should naturally do the opposite of what you've been doing and get specific about what needs to change. Paul writes about this idea of repentance and change in Ephesians 4 and is specific about what change looks like. He says, put off the old man and put on the new man. He writes, put off lying and tell the truth. Put off stealing and work instead. Put off unwholesome talk and words and start speaking only the things that build up. The pattern is clear that we are called to change and do the opposite of our natural destructive tendencies. And it's not enough to say, I'm going to stop yelling at my spouse. You need to lay out a plan of how you're going to change. The plan needs to be concrete, specific, practical, and doable. And make sure that you're accountable to someone for that. Somebody's got to hold your feet to the fire, and that's a good thing, right? Hopefully, yes. (laughs) We want to give you an example of having a specific plan to help break the habit of reacting to your spouse. Let's take an example of someone who blows up in anger, yelling and speaking unkindly or worse. The first step in their plan needs to be to stop. They need to close their mouth and probably walk away. Now, I suggest you talk to your spouse once you've made your plan so they realize what is happening when you walk away and that they need to give you time to get yourself under control. The second step would be to take time alone to go over relevant scriptures on controlling anger and speaking kindly. You can spend some time in prayer asking the Lord's help and seeing that your anger leads to sin and is grieving his spirit. Remember that this is not a time to fume over what made you angry. It is getting your spirit under control so you can handle the issue God's way. Then you can go over verses you found that talk about gentle speech, being kind and compassionate, 
And you need to have these verses written out. It's part of the, the written out plan you go to. Then, after you've gone over those verses, you can plan out how to go back to your spouse with an attitude that honors God and puts the wealth, welfare of your spouse above your own. It may need to start with an, an apology and asking forgiveness. Then you need to build and encourage your spouse instead. So that is a specific example of a plan you can write out and go to when your discussion with your spouse starts turning ugly. That's great. So here's your challenge, your mission, should you choose to accept it. Your homework for this week is to pick one area that you struggle with and struggle in your own life and that you need to turn from. And I want you to draw out a concrete, specific plan, write it down, of how you're going to work on not doing that anymore, and in fact, doing the opposite. We've said recently, and we want to say it again, please do not go on to the next episode until you've done this. You need to become a doer of the word and really change your life for the benefit of your spouse and your marriage and for your relationship with Christ. If you don't repent and actually change, you will just keep the same pattern in your marriage, and you won't fulfill God's purposes of the blessing it should be for each of you and having a marriage that is honoring to the Lord. Well, thanks, Jan. Let me just pray for us. Father, I just pray for each person that is listening to this podcast that you would encourage them and challenge them this week to see that maybe one area of their life that they know is damaging to their marriage and their own relationship with you, Father, that you would convict them of that and that they would have that zeal that Paul talks about to want to change, and that you would help them to put in place a plan, Father, and even begin to see a change in the relationship as a result of that repentance. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we want to thank you again for being part of our podcast. And if you have questions or comments or input, we'd love to hear from you at our email, marriedbydesign01 at gmail.com. We want to also encourage you to invite your friends, let them know about this podcast, and subscribe to the podcast. Well, next week on Married by Design, we're going to continue to look at resolving conflict. Now that we've gotten these issues out of the way, we're going to look at beginning to communicate in a better way by listening. So we look forward to that on our next episode of Married by Design. Married by Design.